We're going to turn our Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 2. And we'll get into the, the, uh, our series here on Authentic Church. And uh, last time we were here, we finished, we finished chapter 1 and, and just made some comments there about just some of the negative examples that, um, that Paul was warning the church about. And uh, he named them because uh, evidently they were, they were known in the church. And so now he's going to move from that, and, and Paul is now going to start to address uh, the church directly. And we're just going to read verses 1 to 8 here of chapter 2. And uh, let's begin reading in verse 1. I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. He says in verse 7, Whereunto I am ordained, a preacher and an apostle, I speak the truth in Christ and lie not, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. And so he's going to begin here now to address some matters directly to the church. And really he moves from chapter 1 from addressing Timothy to addressing the body as a whole. And so Paul moves from addressing the need to teach sound doctrine and then holding on to the faith uh, to how sound doctrine should be lived out and how faith has to be communicated. And so in the next few chapters, Paul will give instruction to the church uh, about how sound words look like when painted onto the canvas of one's life, onto the canvas of the church. And, and we mustn't forget here as we start off that, that authentic faith isn't something that's just taught. It has to be lived. And authenticity doesn't come just in a written guarantee, but as a tangible outworking in one's life. And so in, in, in chapters 2 and 3, he's going to speak about, speak about specific things. But, you know, from the very outset of, of our faith as Christians, you know, that, that term Christian means little Christ. And it wasn't so much that, that we just spoke what Christ spoke. No, we acted like Christ acted. All right, the, the early believers were not only speaking about Christ as truth, but living like Christ is the truth. And so there was an outworking, and I think, um, I think Brother EJ already mentioned it earlier. He says uh, in James 1.22, be ye not only hear, uh, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. He says, deceiving your own selves. And so even as he begins to address the, the whole matter of sound doctrine to the church and, 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 um, and following after those sound words, he's going to give specific instructions about how to do that, how to live that out. And so in the next few chapters, Paul's going to instruct on prayer. And we're going to start there. We're going to see, he's going to see the role, we're going to see the role of women in the church, uh, the qualifications of a pastor, the qualifications of a deacon, 
the condition of the world in the latter times, and then later on we're going to see some relationship advice within the church. Uh, but all of these, if you note it, they're all practical. Okay, they're all they're all outworking. They're all visible things that we see, and, and really that's the that's the that's the thing that, that Paul's going to address in the next couple of um, next couple of chapters. All right, so we're going to go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll get into the the chapter this evening. Let's pray, Father God. We come before you and thank you again. Lord, for your, your mercies unto us, thank you, dear God, that we can uh, attend tonight and just be part of our, our gathering together. And Lord, we are uh, indeed in need of you, understanding, dear Lord, that these things are spiritual and cannot be uh, discerned otherwise. And, and Father, I pray that you would help us to, to make application to our lives. And uh, Lord, we understand, dear God, that, that your desire for us is not only to be hearers of the word, but doers of it. And so I pray that we would make application, that we would uh, find a practical way to, to instill this in our lives. And I pray that you'd enable us to understand and to learn. And Lord, we just ask for your blessing and honor uh, that we might honor you in all things, and, and particularly as we open your word tonight. And we pray and ask these things in Christ's most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. And uh, we're going we're gonna to speak about making prayer a priority. And it was a blessing the, the other night for those of you who were able to make it on Friday night. We had just a, a sweet time of, of prayer here at the church. It's absolutely just, it was a, a great time together as we just prayed for several things. But um, I want to I note here in, in verse, verses 1 to 8, Paul is now going to start to exhort us to prioritize this thing of, of prayer as a church. And Paul starts his general instruction really with the need for the Christian to pray. And uh, I, I know that um, uh, Martin Luther said this, I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. And I think we understand that, that prayer is important. I think that as, as a church and even, even in, by personal testimony that we understand what prayer uh, is, is, uh, is and, and what it's about. But I think it's, it, it would it would be amiss to us, uh, for us tonight to just skip through these and not look at it in detail. Because I think uh, if you would agree with me tonight, I think many of us would, would admit that one of the areas that we just need a constant reminder and exhortation about is this matter of prayer. Because prayer isn't just a prayer time. It's not just a, just not a creed that we hold on to. It's not just something that sounds like a great idea. No, we understand that prayer is a need. And prayer is important. That, that prayer is, a, is, is something that God desires of us. And so often in our busy lives, our communication with God tends to be undervalued and then therefore neglected. I think oftentimes we find other means and we, we try to prioritize other things in our lives when we're going to understand here that, that Paul could have started his exhortation to this church as a whole um, with, with anything. He could have started it um, under the inspiration of the Spirit of God. And really then, as we understand that, by extension, the Spirit of God could have exhorted us to prioritize some other things. And yet he starts off with prayer. He could have said, he could have said go and, and evangelize. He could have said, uh, make sure that you, you, um, you uh, take pity on the poor or, or make sure you do, uh, do your alms and all of that. But he said this, first of all, he says, I exhort therefore that first of all. And then he's going to go and use some words to describe this thing of prayer in our lives. And so often, um, again, in our busy lives, we neglect prayer. 
it's some, something that, is, that we do spir- that, that, that is spiritual that our flesh so often fights again. Uh, you, know why, you know why it's so hard to get up in the morning? Sometimes when we know we ought to pray, because our flesh doesn't like it. You know why it is that, that uh, when we're going, we're going through a, a situation in our lives and, and we know that our first port of call ought to be to pray? You know why we, we, we try to solve it other ways? Because our flesh fights it. Because it just so goes against the, the, the nature, this, this carnal nature that we still have. And so often it's, it's that prayer and the, that mode of prayer that we, we neglect. And yet we see here, I exhort therefore that, first of all. So this is Paul's, uh, Paul's uh, Paul re, re-emphasizing and, and emphasizing to the church that this thing of prayer needs to be priority. This needs to be first of all. This is Paul's first positive instruction to Timothy, and it's its matter of prayer. You understand, again, the, the Spirit of God could have inspired Paul to write anything else, anything else that is good. He could have. But the Holy Spirit chose to start here, prayer. And, and you know, I think sometimes we're gonna, we, we hear messages about prayer, and it's not one of those things that we, we tend to be very excited about all of a sudden. And, and I think sometimes we, we look at that and we think that we've heard everything about it, and yet we understand also that it's so important and therefore why there's such spiritual battle when it comes to it. You know, when you think about Jesus, um, when you think about Jesus' description of His house and what, what it was for, it was to be a house of prayer. In Luke 19.46, saying unto them, It is written, My house is the house of prayer. But ye have made it a den of thieves. But as ye observe the temple there, and by the way, now that we're in the new covenant, we are the temple of the Holy Ghost, as, as was mentioned this morning. And therefore, we need to be a house of prayer. We need to be people of prayer. We also note that out of all the things that the disciples wanted to learn from Christ, it was this matter of prayer. We know in Luke 11.1, 1, and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, and this is Jesus, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. And there could have been many things. Obviously, the disciples walked around the earth and walked around uh, with Christ in, in all of the things that he had done. He had done the miracles. He had uh, walked around and, and helped the poor. And he spoke good words. He spoke words of grace to those. And he taught these great truths that, that, that no one had ever heard. But the, the, it was this matter that they were impressed to ask him to teach them. You know what that says about our Lord? He was just, there was just something about his prayer life that moved them to ask. It was so evident that he had something different about his prayer life. That, that they were moved to ask, Lord, teach us to pray. And then they said this, as John also taught his disciples. And so, so this is the Lord Jesus, who is uh, God come into, into this world in, in the robe of flesh, praying. And then he re, they refer and they remind, were reminded about the, the greatest born among women, John the Baptist, the forerunner of Christ, and they noted something about him too, that he was a man of prayer, that, that he was one that, that, uh, he, that taught his disciples to pray. And, and I'm reminded, I think it was um, 
perhaps Moody or Spurgeon, who, who said, I would rather teach 1,000 men to pray than 10,000 men to preach. And, and we, sometimes we, we look at the, the, outward, out, the outworking of, of, of Christianity in, in the things just behind the pulpit, but we understand that prayer makes the preacher. But can I just say this to, tonight? Prayer will make you. And if we, if we would just be people who would have this attitude as Paul has commanded, first of all, he says. That really, that term, it, it causes, it, it, it was Paul underlining the importance of this Godward aspect of, ministry, of the ministry of the church. This was of primary importance, he's saying, first of all. He's emphasizing there. And tonight, we're going to just go through these verses and understand that we need to make prayer a priority. That, that we ought to go into our, our daily uh, our lives, into the, the daily grind of, of, of life, and as a church, but as individuals, be people of prayer. That as a church, we would never lose that, uh, that sense that we ought to be praying together, that, that prayer ought to be made uh, for, for some things and, and for some ones, and, and, and that we as a church, uh, we understand the importance and in fact the priority of prayer. And so let, let's see here a couple of things first, uh, a couple of descriptors of our prayer. And he uses some words here to, uh, that, that are really just, just um, synonyms of prayer, but they describe different aspects of it. So first of all, he says, that first of all, supplications. So supplications is this. This is the kind of prayer that's asking God for something specific. Okay, that's what supplications are. These are petitions that have our, our personal needs in view. And so he says, he says, make sure you ask in supplication. I think of Philippians 4, 6, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. But note this, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. You know, uh, we, we often think, uh, we often teach our children, don't we, that, that you can pray for anything. That, that God hears your prayers no matter, no, no matter how small or, not, or how big. God, He says, let your requests be made known. And, and that's what supplications are about. It's specific prayer. It's those things that, that, that we just ask for God, those things that are inside us that well up that are, that are um, personal needs. And he's saying, he's saying, let your request be made known. And it's this matter of supplication. But I want you to note there in Philippians 4, 6 that it isn't an ungrateful prayer of complaint. It's not driven from a motive of complaint. You know, we're not just asking supplication uh, from God from a motive of complaining to Him like we're just, we're just, um, uh, we're just inconvenienced. No, this is a humble cry for our needs because we understand that we have a caring Heavenly Father. It's this, this mode of, of prayer with thanksgiving, he's saying. And understanding that, that it's, it, we ought to have a right heart in supplication. And so it's a kind of prayer that's asking God for something specific. But then he, he says this, prayers. And um, prayers is the, the next word. It says in, in chapter 2, verse 1, if we're lost already, all right? But this is prayers in the sense of our petitioning, but more with the thought of our Almighty God. So prayers here is an awareness 
of God's power and then an emphasis on a personal devotion. It's an understanding that, we, that when we make requests, we're not just praying to our Heavenly Father. We're praying to an Almighty God who is able, who, who is Almighty, uh, who is the Creator of all things. And, and we think about Hebrews 11.6 where the Bible tells us, but without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. And so this thing of prayers here. So he says, therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers. And, and this is about, about that sense of our petitioning to an almighty God. Um, you know, sometimes when we pray, we pray as if everything's too hard for God. You know, later on, and we're going to see this, we're going to turn there. But he says that we might boldly come before the throne of grace. You know why we can boldly come? One, because we understand that He's given us free access through Christ. But we can boldly come because we have an almighty God. Nothing's too hard for God. Sometimes we go, you know, in, in this matter of asking, of, of praying, we're almost apologetic for coming to Him. We're almost like, well, I don't want to bother you, but, and you know, uh, I don't know if you're able to do this, but, and I, I understand that sometimes in our own minds, because we're limited, because we can't completely fathom it, that sometimes when things come out of our mouths that seem too good or too big, that we sort of go, ooh, I'm not sure God can do that, but we're only ever viewing that from our view. So prayers here is viewing, uh, is giving our prayers in for God's view, for that He's Almighty, and I, I think tonight we 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 don't really know how prayer works, but we do know prayer does work, and and, and how is it that that when we pray God hears, and you know all of that, but but this is prayers understanding who God is. This is when we speak to Him and we know who He is. And so that's prayers. And then no, notice the next thing. He says intercessions and then, uh, sorry, uh, prayers, and then He says this, intercessions. So intercessions, this is, this is prayers that we, we give to God on behalf of others. All right, so it's good to pray for others, isn't it? You know, it's got the idea that we speak to God in our, in our closeness with Him. And we pray on another's behalf because they, they don't have that closeness. And so it, it, it takes for granted a little bit that, that we are close to God in our communion with Him. But, but we, we come and we intercede, we pray on another's behalf because perhaps they're not close to God. And, and this is the prayer that, that we would apply when, when considering those who are lost. And, and we're going to see that later on. You know why we have to pray for the lost? Because they can't go to God. Because they can't themselves. We must. Because we have access to God. Those of us who are saved. That's why it's a good thing for us to pray for the lost. You know, maybe you have a, you have a, a friend or a relative who's, who's backslid, who's just away from God, and that they might be saved, but they're not... They're not walking with God. That's why it's a prayer of intercession then. Because perhaps they're just not close to God like you are close to God. 
And, and so it's like, it's got the idea of, of, of kids, you know, children asking for their friends. You're, you're, have your kids ever set you up? You know, they, they sort of go, oh, we, um, you know, we want to go to Maccas tonight and we've been invited, you know, and, and they're really asking for their friend's behalf and vice versa. You know, our, our kids' friends do that to us all the time, right? And we always fall for it. But, um, but the reason why we, they even have a voice with us is because we have a closeness. We have a closeness that, that we'll listen. Whereas, you know, if a, a random child just asks us, we'll just be like, no, <laughs> you know. And, and, and yet, God says, you know, you ought to intercede on behalf. You ought to ask on behalf of others. And, um, and there's, there's several, several examples of this. We think about Moses, really. Uh, if you go to Exodus chapter 32. Exodus chapter 32. And look at verses 31 to 32. And, and you know, Moses, he was the meekest man on earth. And so many times when he was trying to lead the people of Israel, they, they just complained and rebelled and all of that. And yet Moses, over and over again, he was a faithful intercessor. You know, there were many times where, where God was not pleased with his own people, but Moses, the Bible tells us, was a friend of God. Moses, God spoke to him like a friend speaks to a friend, face to face. And, and so here Moses in verse 31, chapter 32, verse 31, and Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin. You know what? They didn't think to, to ask for forgiveness, but Moses thought to ask for forgiveness for them. Says, he says, thou wilt forgive their sin. And then notice what he says, if not, blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book, which thou hast written. And he's saying, you know, I, I, I care for them so much that I'm just going to put myself in between you and them. And I think about the, even the Spirit of God in Romans 8.27, and he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. You know, sometimes we don't know what to pray. We're so burdened. We're so even distressed. We're, we're so heartbroken about something or someone. We just don't even know. And it's that, that, that context of groanings that can't be uttered. But you know who intercedes there? The Spirit of God. The Spirit of God. We think about the Son, our Savior, in Hebrews 7.25, wherefore He is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by Him, seeing He ever liveth to make intercession for them. And even tonight, church, as we consider our Savior who's making intercession for us, He's, he's filled that void. He's, he's filled that gap between us and, and our Almighty God, and only through Him, our faithful intercessor. And, and you know, as a, it's a privilege, church. It's the privilege of God's children to draw near to their Heavenly Father to converse familiarly with Him about others. Yeah, that's why we ought to pray. E.M. E. M. Bound said this, talking to men for God is a great thing. But talking to God for men is greater still. He will never talk well and with real success to men for God 
who has not learned well how to talk to God for men. And what he was saying there was, was he, he can't be a faithful witness if he doesn't first know how to talk to God for those men, for those people he's trying to lead, for those people that he's trying to witness to and try to evangelize. And, and, and he's saying it'd be better, it'd be better for us to spend some time knowing and learning how to talk to God for those men, for those people. You know, sometimes here's what we, we think. Sometimes we just rush into something and, and think, you know, we're, gonna, we're, we're just going to do this thing without, without asking. And yet even the Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 3 that we have, we have to acknowledge Him in all His ways. And we are to acknowledge and we are to learn, and this is the part of intercession. I wonder if we're interceding. I wonder if in our prayers we're, we're interceding on behalf of others. I wonder, are we in our supplications, in our prayers even, if we're interceding? But then he also says this giving of thanks. So part of it, go back to, to 1 Timothy chapter 2. He says, and giving of thanks. So this is the, obviously a prayer that expresses gratitude. And again, it goes with Philippians 4, 6, uh, in, with your prayers and supplications, with thanksgiving. And, and God loves thankfulness. You know, um, I, I'm going to refer to this later on, but we, we had a time in, in our parliament earlier this week. And we prayed there, and you know, we, we prayed over names that, that weren't always familiar to us. But we, we were able to get photos, so each name had a photo next to it, so we could at least put a face to that name. But you know, sometimes as we think about even there's some sides of politics, we, we sort of tend to then go into this mode of complaining about that. And we're praying, Lord, get them right, and, and all of that's good, you know, and make sure that you're, you're praying for them to be saved, and we'll see that later on. But, but sometimes we forget to thank God for them, who really who really have given up a portion of their lives to serve the Australian public. It's still service. And it was difficult at times to say thanks. But you know what? He commands us in giving thanks. And here's why it'll make sense here. Um, here. See, see sometimes, sometimes we forget that, that prayer isn't just a complaint line. You know what we tend to do? We tend to complain in our prayer. That's really, in our asking, we're really complaining. You know, when sometimes we're asking because we don't have that. Because we don't have this. And, and sometimes it's just a complaint line. And, and what I'm saying is we are to show gratitude in prayer. When was it that, when, when did, when was it that we ever started or, or really just focused on just giving thanks? Giving thanks. But that's part of prayer. He says, uh, he says here, and giving thanks. Uh, and, and we note that, that of whom specifically we ought to be praying for now. He says here, notice in verse 1, he says all of this. He says, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Now, that's difficult. Because there's some people we don't like. <laughs> but he's saying intercede for them. He's saying pray for them. He, he's saying make supplications for them. And he's saying here, even this, give thanks for them. 
Now that's spiritual. You see, he's saying, be made for all men. You know, often we only pray for people that we find important. You know what we pray for? We pray for ourselves. And that's okay. We ought to pray. We're still part of that all men, all right? So we ought to pray for ourselves. We ought to pray that God help us. We ought to pray of the independence, uh, uh, dependent uh, of God. And then we pray for our family. And, and, you know, all of us here, I'm sure, we pray for our family. Uh, we pray for our, our children. We pray for those, uh, those family members who are unwell and those family members who have needs. Then we pray for our friends. We like our friends. We pray for our friends, those that we agree with, those that we, we, we find joy and fellowship in. And, and we, 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 have a, uh, we have a great heart to pray for them. But you know, that's not God's command here, church. He says that prayer be made for all men. All. And I can tell some of you really disagree with me right now. But actually, you're disagreeing with the Bible. Because he said, be pray, uh, prayer for made for all men. And, and I'm not saying that we just, you know, we just brush aside their, their behavior and, and their sin and that suddenly we're thankful for their sin. I'm saying here that we ought to give thanks for those things that, that God is, perhaps is doing in their lives and, and even giving thanks that we maybe even have the opportunity to be a help and an influence on them. And, and certainly as we extend that, as we think about be prayer, prayers being made for all men, we can think about our church. He says in Ephesians 6.18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And, and you know, we can start here in our own church and, and I wonder if we even bother to notice people listed. People listed maybe in our, in our own prayer bulletins. People that we, we see every week. People that we just run into. And, and I wonder if we care enough, church. And, and how could we say we pray for all men when we won't even bother praying for our own church? Praying for those, the, those that are part of this a church family, this listing of people that, that we are part with, this body of believers. And we sort of look at that and we go, oh, we don't know them, so we can't really say anything. Well, have you even tried? Have we even tried to get to know them? Have we even said hello? Or have we judged them? Or have we seen them a certain way and suddenly they're off our prayer list? Say, listen, you're disobedient. He said, prayers be made for all men. All. And we don't have to be Greek scholars tonight to know what all means. All means all. All right? means everyone. And he's saying there, prayers be made for all men. And maybe, maybe as you've observed their lives, maybe they're not living right. Hey, at least pray that, that they would get a hold of God. That somehow they would be obedient to God. That somehow they would respond to God. And you know, sometimes here's, here's, our, uh, here's our, 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 um, our practice. We don't like that person, therefore we don't pray for them. Listen, that's wrong. He's saying be, prayer be made for all men. And, and then we extend there. I, I wonder if we even know uh, other churches around us, uh, other saints that we might know. And, and you know, it's a, it, I wonder if we think about, uh, I think about the, the, the state of, uh, of Christendom today, and I wonder if we just would pray for different churches and for different 
different pastors around. And we just pray that God would, would work in their lives. I think about Samuel, who to the nation of Israel said this in 1 Samuel 12, 23-24, Moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you, but I will teach you the good and the right way. Only fear the Lord and serve Him in truth with all your heart. For consider how great things He hath done for you. And you know who He was speaking to? He was speaking about the nation. And you know, there's many, many things about our nation and many types of, of peoples that we don't agree with. But I wonder if we would even bother to pray for our nation. You know, here's sometimes a mentality, well, Australia's got everything, why should we pray? Listen, we need to pray for our nation. There's still people who need the Lord. There's still people who, who, who have never heard. There's still people that might come across our way that we can be a help and an influence. And again, can I reiterate tonight, all means all. And that means praying for people everywhere. And, and why don't we consider even the, the different nations around the world. And, and on Friday night, we, we specifically just spoke about some countries in the South Pacific region, some in, this, in the 1040 region. And, and I know many of you who stayed right up to there prayed through that list and just thought about the people and, and thought about not just the multitudes, but the individuals that make that multitude. And, and on this side of heaven, you will, may never meet them and may never have an opportunity to even travel to their locale. But listen, they're still souls. They're still people that God loves. They're still people out there who are hurting, who are desperate, who, who uh, may never even have a, a gospel witness in their area. And yet God tells us to pray, therefore labors to go into that harvest. And, and sometimes we're so cold in our prayer life that we won't care for those that we, we, we cannot see, that we cannot know. And we're so busy and we're so selfish just praying for our own needs. And there's people out there who need the Lord. And we'll never even breathe a syllable of their nation's name. And I understand we can never get a roll call. And we would, we would run out of time in our lives to name every name, if we, even if we knew them. But God commanded us to make prayer for all men. He's saying all men. He's going to get specific here because he wants us not to miss this. All. But then he says this. Not only, and here we're speaking about the beneficiaries of our, our prayers. You know, our prayers ought to benefit all men. We ought to pray for them. But then he says in verse 2, he says, For kings and for all that in authority. And so he says, for kings and for all, really speaking about government here. We're, we're commanded to pray for those in government and authority. And, and bear in mind the, the, the historical context here. Paul, Paul had a mind of, of, of writing this just to, just thinking about the fact that, you know, he, he, he lived in a time where Nero, Nero ruled. Now, if you know anything about Nero, he was a wicked, wicked emperor. You know, the, the history books, just, they questioned even his sanity. He was crazy. And he burned Rome. And he hated, he, he, had a, he was on, in a, on a rampage against the church. He, he would, he would uh, 
uh, he, would, uh, he would persecute Christians, make a spectacle of them, made human candles of Christians. That was the government. Now, aren't you glad that we don't have a government like that? But that's the context, and he's saying this. So, so think about how weighty it is then for him to go to the church, make supplications, make prayers, make intercession, and giving thanks for all men and for kings. You know, when he said for kings, he was thinking Nero. He, he was thinking the, that, that emperor that's so wicked, we need to pray for him. And listen, we live in Australia and we don't have a Nero. Right, some of you think he's just as bad as Nero, but you haven't read your history books. But we might complain and we might just disagree outright with our government, but God has commanded us to pray. He's commanded us to pray. And, and you know, we, we, can, we can apply that all across the, the different tiers of government. We can, we can think about our state government. We can think about our local government. And, you know, we can, again, he, this, that was a context of which Paul was writing. And perhaps today we don't pray because we have ease of government. We don't have, we're not being hailed into prison. We're not being jailed. And so you think, oh, do we need to pray? And we have freedom. And can I just say, unlike many of our brethren in the past, we have that. Unlike some who are in, living in today in other places around the world. And, you know, that's why I, I, I'm, I'm just thrilled. You know, we, we, were at a, we were able to be part of Canberra Connection again this year. And I know many of you would say, well, we don't need to. I didn't say we don't need to go to Parliament to pray. But, but sometimes just to... Just to to be a witness and be a help. And you know what we found this year? And, and, you know, guys, you can show that photo. There was a group of us that went to, to, the, to Parliament House for just for two days to pray. And um, what we found is as we were there, we were able to just be a witness. There were some politicians who just had a good testimony of Christ just coming out of the woodwork. <laughs> um, you know, I missed that I was out at lunch, but there was a group of men who... Missed the cutoff for lunch, all right? We had to have an, uh, someone, uh, a steward or escort to, to bring us around. We were in a secure area. But anyway, a group of men were, were there, and it was just the Lord planning that. Uh, it was, it was uh, uh, George Christensen, who's, who's just a good, had a good testimony of salvation. And in fact, he, he's waiting to just finish his, his, uh, his uh, term of service. You know what he wants to do? He wants to go into ministry. Then we, we bumped into, if you recall, many years ago, who was our member of parliament, Louise Marcus, who's, a, who's got a Christian testimony. She spoke about a labor, um, a labor uh, member of parliament who was a Christian, whom she had, she, she would, she had prayed with, was part of a, a prayer group in, inside the halls of our parliament. That was a blessing. And you know what they said over and over again? We need you to pray. We need you to pray. We need you to pray for us. We, you know, there's sometimes we, we, we want to stand and we don't, we, we, have, we have to have wisdom about what we do there. And they just, they're asking, please pray for us. 
you know, please pray. And, and you know, we, we got some insight on, on some, some of the other things. You know, you know, did you know that they're trying to pass a bill to, to, um, to, to just take away the, the opening prayer of parliament during sitting week? And that just got passed this week. The, the euthanasia debate, that's raging. And they're saying, can you pray for that? We're, we're trying to hold the line. And I'm saying, those things matter, right? And, and they're saying, pray. And, and we were able to just go in there. And I understand we don't have to be in parliament, but, but do you pray for your government, those who are in, or in authority? Those who are in leadership, do you pray for them? You know, the Bible tells us, righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And if we don't pray, if we won't be a conscience in our community that way, who will, church? Who will? Are we just going to, we just, some, sometimes we're so idle, we just go through life like, like we can't affect, we can't affect as God's people the course of our nation, the course of our community. And, and you know, we ought to pray. I wonder if you even know who, who your local member of parliament is. Do you pray for them? We, we, I think we know who the prime minister is, Mr. Malcolm Turnbull. Uh, did you know we just had a deputy, a new deputy? Michael McCormick? Do you pray for him? Do you pray for Julie Bishop, who's our foreign affairs minister? And we sort of like, well, well what do you pray for? Hey, why don't you pray for their salvation? Why don't you just pray that, that God would lead them somehow, would influence them, that, that maybe a member of their staff who's a Christian maybe can just come in there and, and at least give them good Advice, you know, God's done that in the past. Think Daniel, Esther, Nehemiah. All members of, of government, so to speak. Um, God can do that. And yet we won't pray. Uh, do you know who our local federal member is here? She's just across the road. Michelle Rowland. You know who our state member is? Mark Taylor, not the cricketer, all right? But he's just down the road. You know who the mayor of Blacktown is? Our local government, Stephen Bali. Do we pray for them? Do we, do we ever get a chance? And I was convicted this week. You know, I pray for them. But, but you know, the, the thing is this, communicate that. And, and I'm, I'm going to try to write them letters and, and write them, and not, not to... Not just to, to lobby or anything like just to know, just so they know we're praying. That this, this church in Seven Hills, we're just praying. And, and, you know, I think we ought to just have that mentality and we ought to know. We ought to know our government officials. We ought to pray for their salvation. We ought to ask God for wisdom in, in how they're going to administer the law. And I think, church, can I just be honest with you? I believe this is an area we need to purpose in order for it to happen. You know, don't, don't just think, oh, that's great, you, got, you guys got to go. Listen, it, it ought to be part of it. We're commanded to. He says, for kings and for all that are in authority. And then he says, here's a motivation. And I'll finish with this. The motivation of our prayer. And so those are the beneficiaries for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority. And, and can I just, before we get into it, you know, one of the things we forget, and I was speaking to my dad who, who had come for the first time this year. One of the things that we forget is, is the great cost and burden 
that members of parliament and senators and all of that have on their families. You know, they're, they're away. They're, they're serving us, the Australian public. And maybe that's not, maybe some of them, that's no longer their, their intention, but we'd like to think that's how they started. And, and maybe the, mo- the majority of them keep that. But, you know, if you, if, you, if you just sit with them and you just ask what to pray for, you know what they always say? Pray for my family. Pray for them. And, you know, all of us here would want that, wouldn't, wouldn't we? And God's saying, pray for those who are in authority, those kings and, and all that are in authority. And he's saying there, pray for them. Pray, they, they ought to be a beneficiary of our prayer. Then he says in, in verse 2, he says that we may lead a quiet, a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Here's the motivations of our prayer. We, we see these in chapter, uh, chapter 2, verses 2, 3, and 4. And, and we have some motivations to pray, church. And that is, if we don't pray, then these uh, perhaps won't come to be. Or if they are, they may cease. And God, God is giving us a window into what we are aiming for when we pray. All right, so he's saying pray. Why? So that we may lead, firstly, a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. I'm just going to call this the good life. All right, that's my definition because it's the Bible definition. You know, you might think good life means this amount in the bank and all of that. No, no, just say, he's saying a quiet and peaceable life with all godliness and honesty. And he's saying, if we pray, this would be, and again, the, the ability, church, listen, our ability to live a quiet and peaceful life uh, without unrest, with, with order. You know, you, you're going to wake up tomorrow and Australia will be, we have traffic and all of that, but it'll still be, you know, we're, we're probably not going to have militia running the streets. We're probably not going to have, you know, gangs knock on our door and hailing us out. We probably won't. And I understand there's still crime. You know, there's no human government that's, that's perfect. You know why? Because humans are involved. But we can pray. So that we can have a good life. Quiet and peaceful, he says, and, and so that we can live uh, in all godliness. You know, the reason why we can live godly, we can follow God, is because we have stable government. Because we have the freedom to speak, to worship. And he's saying pray because that's what, that's what will be the result. Pray because then you have that, you you can, you can live in godliness, and then he says in honesty. And, and it's this, you know, we just want to make an honest living. We just want to be, be you know, we, we just want to have that freedom to do that. And he's saying the result or the motivation to pray is this, that you can have a good life. Quiet and peaceable in all godliness and honesty. But then also in verse 3, he says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. And he's going to go on and he's going to speak um, speak about uh, about uh, the gospel being proclaimed, but but that's a that's a uh, that's a, a transitionary verse. So he's speaking about what was past and what is to come. So just the fact that we we are going to pray, and he say, here's the here's what I'm saying is is the motivation to pray is this: it just pleases God. Our God is pleased. Do you want to please God tonight? Well, we want to please Him, and so He's saying pray, 
So when we pray for all men, when we pray for the government and all that are in authority, God is pleased with us. God is pleased with that. But then he goes on and he says in verse 4, then he says, who will have all men? So he's speaking about God. Who will have all men to be saved? So there it goes. It's not uh, limited atonement, all right? Everyone, anyone can get saved. And he says, who would have all men? You know why he says, pray for all men? Because he would have all men to be saved. He says, they would have all men to be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth. You know, there's still people out in the world today, even in our own nation, who don't know the truth. And he's saying that part of the motivation of your prayer is because God wants all men to be saved. God wants all men to know the truth. And here's lastly, as we think about the motivation to pray, the, the outworking of that is this, our, our gospel, the gospel can be proclaimed. Hey, listen, tomorrow if you, if you stand on a street corner and you start to, to preach the word of God, you're not going to get arrested. If you, if you put tracts in the letterbox, and even in the ones that say no junk mail, we're not going to go to prison. Um, you know, tomorrow, if you speak to someone, whether they're, they're, uh, they're, they're Catholic, they're, they're Muslim, they're Buddhist, they're Hindu, and you speak to them about the gospel, you're not going to get arrested. You know why? Because we have a free society. Because God, in His sovereignty and His mercy, has preserved our nation. But listen, don't take that for granted. We've shared similar stories to different nations around the world. And now they are getting arrested. Now they are getting thrown into prison. Now they are getting persecuted. And maybe we ought to just pray for all men to be saved. Maybe we ought to pray because we have the freedom to do so. Maybe we ought to pray for all men. And ultimately this good life what it is, it, it presents us an opportunity to proclaim the gospel. And listen, we can't take that for granted. You know, some of our children went yesterday, didn't they? The big fish. Children went out and put, put tracks in letterboxes. A couple of us went out. About, about eight of us went out this afternoon. And we just went out and I took Vicky and, you know, I, I didn't fear for my safety. I didn't go, Vicky, hide the tracks just in case. You know why? We have the freedom. So we ought to pray. Pray that we still have that. And pray that tomorrow the door doesn't close. And pray that we still have the space of grace to be able to continue to try to win our neighbors, our community, our nation to the Lord. We pray. Why? Because we need to have continuing liberty to see people saved. And we ought to pray so that the gospel can be proclaimed. Why? Because it's God's desire that all men be saved. That all will know the truth. And listen, if that's you tonight, you don't know if you're saved. I can gladly tell you, you can know for sure. You can know for sure that your sins are forgiven. That heaven's your home. That, it, that the Bible tells us, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Not your good works. It's by grace you're saved.
And listen, I can say that confidently because I know when I walk out this building, I'm not under censure. No one's going to suddenly come out of nowhere and, and handcuff me and put me to the ground. Listen, even if that's the case, we ought to proclaim it, right? But whilst we have it, can we pray? Can, can we just have that, can we have that compassion? Can we have that heart to pray? And, and maybe tonight, um, maybe it's, it's not the supplication. Because we know how to pray for ourselves often. Maybe it's in, in, those, in that interceding. Maybe it's in that giving of thanks. You know, are we thankful in that? But he's saying this thing, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. All. And I wonder if we take the time. You know, if, if you, many times on a, on a I Love Australia Sunday, we've given out a list of members of parliament, and I wonder if we've thought through them. I wonder if you've, we've mentioned them, because he, tell, he told us, pray for kings and all that are in authority. I wonder if we pray for some of the nations that have trouble right now. For their, I'm thinking about the Nicaraguan government. We have a missionary there in Nicaragua. We pray for their government, because they're in authority. You know, we pray for maybe perhaps where you're from, different, different world leaders. But do we pray for those troubled areas that God would just somehow... See, the heart of the king is, is in the hand of the Lord. And he turns it with us over like a river. He, he just, God can do it. You believe that tonight? Will we pray then? You know, too many times we, we move into our day and we forget the first of alls of the Christian life. He says, first of all, supplication, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men. All right, let's pray. Father in heaven, we come before you, O oh Lord, tonight. And Father, sometimes in our, in our thinking of things, in our, in our own economy, there's other priorities that we, we sort of allow into, into our day. And yet, so clearly, Lord, in regard to us as a church, in regard to us as, an, as individuals, you said there and you instructed us, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks. So I pray that you'd help, that, help us that. And in the context of what we learned tonight, um, specifically, we think about all men. Father, we think about Australia, that, Lord, you're so blessed. We've got so much here. We've, we've got so much freedom and so much that you've just blessed us with. And, Father, many of us, the reason we came here was because we saw that. And yet, Lord, at, at times we take that for granted. We, I can admit it tonight. Many times I walk out and, you know, the first thing I want to do is complain about the traffic, complain about this and that. Lord, help me to be thankful. Father, help me, Lord, to understand my responsibility, the, the, the will of, the, your will for me to pray for all men, that all may be saved. And Father, I pray that we just go into the, the week with a renewed vigor to pray, with a renewed passion to just be people of prayer. Lord, we pray because we have an almighty God in you. We pray because we have a, a, a caring heavenly Father that knows us, that knows our needs. And we pray because we have a great Savior who would, who would have all men to be saved. And so I pray that you'd help us, Lord, as we head into the week. In Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name.